We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday march 14th 2023 we have news and sort of news Let's get to it because Ross Uglum said, all right, idiots, let's make a podcast. I assume the idiots then in this scenario are myself and Jacob Morley who are joining me tonight. And of course, the aforementioned name caller, that is Ross Uglum. Boys, no decision in theory from Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to get that discussion for you guys as kind of what has happened today. So it's Monday as we record here. The start of the legal tampering period was almost... 10 hours ago at this point, it's eight o'clock central time as I sit here right now and record with everybody. No decision, like I mentioned, but we did have some reports. Trey Wingo said Rogers to the Jets is done. Just waiting on other stuff. And then Rappaport, Schefter, name your people have kind of said, no, nothing. Everybody's in a holding pattern. No decision, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of the line that we're at right now. No decision from Aaron Rodgers. The one thing that I can say with 100, well, I'm not going to say 100%, 99.9% confidence, just because this story has taken as many twists and turns as it has over the last three years. Aaron Rodgers is not playing for the Green Bay Packers next season. Um, 
you know, I made the joke earlier today. I've seen drug addicts with a more mild stage of denial than I have the people that think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Like Mark Murphy is the most powerful man on the Packers organizational depth chart. How much he meddles, how much he actually does with that stuff is up for debate. But he told people Friday or whenever the hell that was that if things don't work out the way we want them to, then sure, maybe we take the back. And then he referred to Rogers in the past tense, all that stuff. Andy Herman did a great video on that that you guys can check out on the Packaday YouTube page. Aaron Rodgers is not playing for the Packers next season. Jordan Love is the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. The train has left the station. Whatever phrasing you want to use from 2008 when they did it to Brett Favre, we can use here. So, Ross, I want to start with you. Wingo's report, Murphy stuff, everything like that. Just kind of where do you stand on – was it, did Wingo jump? Do you think Wingo jumped the gun? Do you think we'll hear something in the nearest, you know, what's your take on just kind of the situation right now as a whole? I mean, I think he maybe jumped the gun, but ultimately I don't think it matters, right? Like I think we're at a point where he's not coming back to Green Bay and I don't think he's going to retire. I have never thought he was going to retire this year and pick your reason. He's not that old. Um, he thinks he can still play at a high level. He probably wants to show the Packers that he can play at a high level. He doesn't want to probably share a Hall of Fame stage with Brady, even though he said he doesn't care. Um, Yeah, pick your reason. I don't think he's done, and I don't think he's going to be a Packer. And now the team without a quarterback after this round of musical chairs is the Jets. It was always the Jets. Yeah, it it was. It was always the Jets, like you said. Uh, My take on it is I I think what's going to happen is Wingo's report is going to end up being accurate. I think that things have been done. There's just some other stuff that's in motion. Maybe Rogers is toying with some stuff behind the scenes. And I don't know. I'm not trying to paint Rogers as like this villain or anything like that. Um, I just think that like Ross said, Rogers isn't coming back for all intents and purposes. I know we could talk about him holding the Packers hostage. And I understand the annoyance to some degree, just because like, and granted, I don't know all the things Rogers is considering. I'm sure having to consider playing somewhere else after you've been in the same place for you know almost 20 years, it's a massive life decision. Um, I don't know how all the conversations went from what we've kind of gathered. Tom Silverstein has been very steadfast over the last couple of weeks, especially in saying the Packers have moved on and they moved on. Their thinking was since the end of the season, uh, there was the Bob McGinn podcast from go long Tyler Dunn's page, which you guys can listen to if you'd like, if not just the cliff notes of that is that the Packers have moved on and it's all of them. Murphy, Lafleur, Gutekunst, all of them uh, had moved on. You guys can quibble with some of the details of that story. If you'd like my take on that just really quickly is the whole, he'll be the backup thing. Sounds ridiculous on its face, but that is straight out of the playbook that they used when it was far. Now, different situation. Did that actually happen? I don't know. What matters is the Packers have moved on. Jordan Love is the starting quarterback. And it's just a matter of what is the compensation? And as far as, you know, free agency and everything goes, I there's nothing in my opinion that happened today as we were. So Jesse Bates, Javon Hargrave, the top echelon free agents, like the Packers weren't going to swim in that pool anyways. So I don't think it's really affected anything, but I do understand the annoyance. I do understand that Roger said he would have a decision before free agency. So if he doesn't have one before Wednesday, yeah, he lied. So, or unless the decision's already been made behind the scenes and we just don't know that's the case 
or not. Uh, Morley, what's your take on this situation, you know, as a whole? Do you think the deal's done? Do you think, you know, Wingo jumped the gun, all that stuff that I just kind of asked? Um, I think probably both, right? I think Wingo maybe jumped jumped the gun a little bit, but I I wouldn't be surprised when this is all said and done and the and the dust settles and Wingo was right where you know there was stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, and if there's one team that is really good at keeping things close to their vest, it's the Packers. I think someone brought up on Twitter that, you know, this is the same team that brought Julius Peppers into the building and no one had any idea until the contract was signed. So I I think there could be a lot of truth to, to everything going on right now. I do find it interesting when guys like Scheffner and Rappaport are like, there's nothing to talk about. The team has not spoken. I think, you know, that's what I mean by it's like, well, we'll see. We'll see when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, like how far this thing goes back. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, yeah, the wheels have been in motion since that Trey Wingo report Monday night or whenever it was. And and there was a lot of stuff to sift through and no one wanted to report anything until it was like a done deal. But I, I also think it's interesting because if this is if this is Goody holding fast, it's kind of smart because you talk about like everyone's annoyed because Roger said by the starter free agency and I get that. And it is annoying um, that he said that. And now here we are and the Packers hands are tied, but are they really, I mean, tied from doing what, right? Where it's the biggest issue that I had and I made it known. is like, man, I don't want to lose Keyshawn Nixon because of all this, if they did like, eh, just a minute, but go on. But, uh, but you know, so, I didn't want that to be an issue with them, you know, just because of like, hey, we can't make a decision on Nixon with not knowing what, what Rodgers is going to do and whatnot. And, you know, they got that done before he even had a chance to hit any type of open market or negotiation. So once that was done, it was just kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to know, but the Packers aren't, they're not going to go out and sign anybody. They, they can't, they can't either way. And, and they just don't really operate that way anyways. And then when Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Raiders, then you're sitting there thinking, wow, Packers, things are sitting pretty well. Because like Ross just laid out, the Jets have no other options. Like this is it. And they've put their eggs in this basket. You know, they haven't publicly stated it, but they had Derek Carr in their building. And they told one Derek Carr, you could be a Hall of Famer here. And they let him walk away and sign with the Saints. That should tell you just how badly they want Aaron Rodgers. And now they're sitting there thinking, this is our. These could potentially be our jobs on the line if we don't get Aaron Rodgers into the building. We're really going to roll Zach Wilson again? Like, these fans will eat us alive. So... I think it's an it's annoying right now because we're having to wait. It was a long day. You know, you got the report and it was kind of like it was weird. It's almost kind of like a sigh of relief, like, okay, it's over. Like it's gonna happen, it's gonna be done with. Okay. And then the reports that came out and we're like, no, nothing's happening. You're just like, Oh my gosh, of course. And part of you after that kind of just expected it to roll in, like, oh, this happens sometimes. We'll know within 30 minutes what's going on, but it just was an all day thing. And so I just find it interesting, um, and in in hindsight, it'll be it'll be really interesting to look back. I mean, we are living through a historic day in Packers history. You know, like this is really a day that we will look back on in 10, 15, 20 years and say, hey, either this was the day that they went to Jordan Love and and they were right and they made this great decision to move on from Aaron Rodgers, yada, yada, or 
it was a, a huge blunder that cost Goody, LaFleur, all these guys their jobs uh, because they're they're willing to move on. So uh, this is such a pivotal point in Packers history for this team and, and what they have going on for them moving forward. So uh, it's, you know, I, it's OK to be a little bit patient with it, I suppose. Yeah, like I said, I do wonder, like sitting back and <laughs> I would say like social media was not around to this degree for Favre watch. And I can tell because like the level of annoyance that people have, because Aaron Rodgers hasn't decided before the league year has even started. It's funny to me because there were years where like, I remember Favre didn't decide. I think the year they signed Charles Woodson until like after the draft, it's like, can you imagine how the hell do you draft a football team without knowing who your quarterback is going to be? Like, doesn't that have to come into consideration? But that's a, uh, that's a different time frame. That is a, a different quarterback. I will say this. There's still time left for it to happen, I suppose. But I am at least grateful we have not approached the level of weird that was the Favre saga uh, from circa 15 years ago. The one thing I will say real quick about the, uh, the Nixon thing is it was just funny to me because everybody's waving goodbye to Keyshawn Nixon on Sunday night because he posted a picture on Instagram of him. Oh, he's leaving Lambeau field and he's holding up the peace signs in the picture. And like, okay, I understand tampering happens and it happened at the combine. Like there were some people that Morley and all of us know the three of us know mutually that had told us that Jesse Bates had signed with the Falcons at the combine and Jesse Bates signed with the Falcons officially today. Uh, we know, because it's been reported, for example, like Billy Turner's contract was done most of the way for the Packers at the Combine that particular year. I understand tampering happens. However, there is only one team that could, that could negotiate with Keyshawn Nixon between end of season and when he posted that picture, and it was the Packers. Number two, as everybody was like, oh, if the Packers, like Rodgers could cost the Packers Keyshawn Nixon – Number one, I don't think those two situations are are connected necessarily. Obviously, they weren't. And number two, like the only way the Packers were going to lose Keyshawn Nixon, in my estimation, is if somebody like doubled his salary and promised him he'd be their starting nickel corner, which I said today, the Packers shouldn't do either one of those things. And I think Nixon's awesome. I think he's a really good player. And he did a lot of cool stuff for the Packers this past season. It's nice to have a special teamer that I know can get the ball past the 25-yard line without looking like he's running in sludge a la Amari Rogers from the last couple of seasons. That being said, that player does have a limit. And when we start talking about like organizational malpractice or something like that, that is a very strong and, uh, in my opinion, ridiculous thing. Thankfully, it doesn't matter. So let's talk about this because Keyshawn Nixon is back in Green Bay. He gets a one-year, $5 million deal with some incentives that can bring it up to $6 million bucks returns to Green Bay as their kickoff returner, some defensive back depth. And then the one thing I want to get your guys' take on as we spit it around here is I think the Packers with a full off season should be putting in, if they're not going to play them on defense. Now let me preface it by saying that because last year they really, they did, but they didn't for the most part. They didn't play a ton of defensive snaps last year. If they're not going to play him on defense, then put in a package for him on offense. Cause as of right now, he is their best bet for a jet motion type player. Last year in that role, the Packers used Amari Rogers, who I just talked about, and Samari Toure. God bless Samari Toure. Nobody fears him running a jet sweep. Not one player in the world. Nobody. So I wouldn't mind seeing an offensive package 
put in for him. And I'm not talking like he's got to run it, you know, a hundred plays a game or anything like that. I'm just, you know, seven, eight snaps, 12 snaps, something like that. Things you did with Tyler Irvin, find creative ways to get the ball in his hands because we saw last year, other than Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, maybe the most exciting player for the Packers with the ball in their hands was their kickoff returner, which God bless Keyshawn Nixon, but I never want to see him on the field. If that's the case, like once or twice a game, that's all I ever want to see him on the field because that means the defense just gave up points, which they did do last year, obviously. But Morley, what's your take on Nixon coming back, number one, and then number two, trying to find a more creative way to use him? Yeah, I mean, I think I actually liked his tape playing nickel and dime uh, corner last year for the Packers. I think he's I think he's uh, competent, and I think he can play in that role. And I think if, he, if his full-time job is to be like the dime corner, uh, to play in certain packages, I think you can do all three. I think you can play on defense, special teams, and offense if you want to. Um, I would just go – I mean, the the playbook is there. Go look at what the Patriots did last year with Marcus Jones, their young corner out of Houston, who is – you know, was an electric, electric return man at Houston. Belichick saw that and, they're, and just said, hey, let's figure out ways to get him the ball in his hands. And I think you're right when you talk about, you know, that jet motion stuff because, man, if – if, 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 if defenses respect him at all in motion, which they should, because one thing, one thing that I really like about Nixon is he's, he's like a no nonsense type of runner. He is not like, Hey, I'm going to juke a thousand people out of their shoes. He is just a, I think he has really good field vision and he just, he goes from zero to 60 in, in a heartbeat. And, and that's the type of stuff that I think is really fun. Unlike those end arounds and those jet motions where, man, if you, if you have him and Watson on the field at the same time, and let's say Watson is is split out as like an X receiver and, and you put Nixon in motion, like, man, if that safety takes one false step, if those linebackers take one false step on a fake end around to Nixon, you'll see what happens. See what happens with Watson going over the top. He's going to beat you. He's probably going to beat you anyways. You know, so like stuff like that, I think, is when you get a piece like Watson, um, that is teams are going to play scared next year because you have to you can start making out, you know, you can get other playmakers on the field that can open things up for them more. And I think for me, we talked about pre-show, you know, no matter what you think about this team, ultimately 2023 is probably going to be, you know, an evaluation year for this team where, Hey, you see what you have in Jordan love. You see what kind of steps you get from your young receivers. And um, you hope these guys develop. And if you have something in love and, you know, then it's 2024 Rogers contract is off the books and, you're cooking with gas then at that point, you know, and anything good that comes out of 2023, let's say they make the playoffs. Let's say they make a run. Like that's all, that's all gravy. That's all great. Uh, but the way you do that is by having some of these young guys like that, you get creative with them and you, and you, you find roles for them and, and then you let him do what he's good at with returning kicks. And what I really like about this deal too, is it's only a one-year deal. And I think some people were like, ah, oh, man, I would assign him to a two to three year deal. Uh, I wouldn't have. I mean, uh, we can have that discussion if he's an all-pro kick returner again next year. Um, but I like that they didn't commit to anything more than a year with him just because I do. You know, he he was incredible for half of the season. Um, on the level of, like, guys I thought they should bring back, he was number one. But he wasn't, like, number one, you know, like Rashawn Gary is a free agent, bring him back, like that type of level. Um, if Nixon would have left, if he would have gotten another deal, it would have been annoying more than anything. Not like, oh no. And is it like so Morley, is it like good or 
bad that like when it comes to Packers free agents, like Nixon is the one that we're just kind of like, man, that would be annoying. The rest of them, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, is it, I don't know. Is that like, that's good because that means like Elton Jenkins isn't a free agent, but it's it was, also yeah. bad because it's like, you don't want any of your, you not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply they don't let their guys really get to that point, you know, like true. I mean, I remember I'm like thinking late, of late term deals with Sam Shields and Randall Cobb and Brian Balaga, just throwing some names out there. That was back in the, from the benches days. That was fun. Yep. It happens, you know, for sure. But like with this class, I mean, whatever you want to say about Savage, like he's got the fifth year option. Uh, Gary's got the fifth year option. And then, you know, they're really only the other big priority from that draft class would have been Elton, and they took care of that. And Elton is already underpaid. Thank God, oh yes. my <laughs> goodness, what would have that guy gotten on the open market? I it's, think that dude's pissed at his agent. He was cryptically tweeting today, as was Rasul Douglas. But I, I think that Elton is pissed at his agent. He probably Elton, should be. Elton makes makes the open market, and you know, you can never predict this stuff. You just can't. But. Maybe you should have been able to. I bet if he hits the open market, a team, because it, it was guards that were getting paid, but also tackles were getting paid. Like, I very much think Elton could have hit the op- open market and been like, hey, my knee was just bad. Like, I've got good tackle tape out there. I'll play tackle for you guys if you give me tackle money, you know, and a team might have done it. So, um, thank God that, I mean, for the Packers, that they got him taken care of early. But I think you're right when he was like, oh, I could have probably gotten double. So, you know, and that's that's the benefit of the doing it the Packers way and how they like to do it. And they like to keep those guys in-house. They like to extend them early. So uh, good for them. That it could be. Ross, I, we went a long way with all that. But what's your take on just Nixon being back in the fold? I'm higher on him than you, I think. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with I, I think he's actually like a really good dime back. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that. You know, I don't. I don't think it's a. You know, we talk about well, hey, you know, dumbasses. Slot is a starting position now, and Nico is a starting position now. And I don't think Dime is a starting position, but 
depending on who you're playing, it could be 15, 20 snaps, you know, and, and, um, if your defense is any good, it's four or five punt returns. And if they aren't, it's four or five kick returns, right? So, um, he's going to be around and useful and, yeah, good special teamer, good, good cover guy, right? Um, I just think he has value. I think, you know, he's Jarrett Bush, but better good. He, he does good. all he does all the things that jared bush i, I will do. not hear i will not hear jared bush slander all what? i think of when i think of jared bush is a interception in the super bowl don't remember anything else sure and i'm, I'm not necessarily slandering the guy i just how think, dare you how dare from you from a role perspective right your number four corner and a gunner except jared bush didn't have returnability oh. and you I mean, guys, the other thing nixon was a. Uh, Nixon was Breaking another dude news. who, like, what is it? Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, for <laughs> yeah, we're 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 all like keeping track of our timeline just in case a Roger story breaks throughout this. But Marcus Davenport's a Minnesota Viking for. Eh. That's a. Eh. We'll see. Yeah. Whatever. Nixon was. I will say this as a defensive back because I remember in the you know the off like late part of the off season, people were like oh bring back. Kevin King, he's got nothing, you know, it'd be worth nothing at this point. I was like, Keyshawn Nixon's better. And it bore out that way. Nixon had a forced fumble against Tampa Bay that kind of helped them stay ahead in that game. He had a really, actually, maybe the best game of his life against Tampa Bay. Was that when he hit the guy so hard that we thought he was, like, his shoulder fell off? Was that the preseason? I don't remember. I don't remember. That might have been lit. That might have been lit. Terrible television or terrible radio right now. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. Um, I do know that, you know, Nixon, Nixon's had some nice stuff and he does give you defensive back depth. I just don't know if, if they do use him that way. Cool. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, if they don't, I just want to see if that's again, find creative ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, uh, because like I mentioned, second or third most explosive player on the team with the ball in his hands. Now that's a problem you have to fix, but also one that you can create some good stuff with on that. The other thing I want to talk about from today. So obviously most of the attention has gone to the quarterback situation. Um, and obviously a lot of energy was used on Keyshawn Nixon deserve it. Understandably. So the other thing today is the tackle market, you know, so Mike McGlinchey gets a boatload of money. Um, a lot of offensive linemen that Jawan Taylor is getting money and being moved to a position. He hasn't played before. Like Yosh Nyman. Yosh Nyman to me is a, average to above average offensive lineman, which has a boatload of value. I do not want to undersell what Yosh Nyman has meant to this team over the last couple of years um, and what he can mean to a team in general. That being said, Nyman is entering a contract year and looking at these contracts that are being given out to players that are not as good as him. Don't know what the deal is with David Bakhtiari yet, potentially some draft capital. And like you said, Mr. Morley, this is an evaluation year with it being an evaluation year. If you can get that second round tender and grab another pick for him and, you know, maybe your right tackle is a guy you draft. Maybe it's Rashid Walker. Maybe it's Caleb Jones. Maybe it's Zach Tom. I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe it's Rice Newman just to give Ross Uglum uh, a aneurysm. Couldn't find that word. Um, I, I, I just think that's the best use of the Packers resources right now. He has to be tendered by tomorrow. I think the second round tender is a no brainer. And if nobody wants to give you that for him, fine. Like it's fine to keep him for what amounts to that level of money. And 
have him start or play as your swing tackle. Like either one of those things is fine, especially with, even as I've talked about not being as worried about Bakhtiari's injury situation, but that is still a tenuous situation. How Tom much, might be retired. He might not. How, how much are the tenders? I'd have to go through and find those real quick, but just I want to say, I, doing that. I, I was just, I just was going to say, I think it was Mike Kuana that brought it up and he's like, just slap a first on him. And I, I don't know if you, that's why I asked what the numbers are. Cause he mentioned, he's like slap a first on him. Like at, if at worst, if you have to keep him you have either your starting right tackle or a backup swing tackle that costs 6 million a year. And so the second round tender per quick Google search is a one-year contract worth the greater of 3.986 million or 110% of the player's prior base. So probably the 4 million bucks. So for 4 million bucks, if no team takes that, make him the swing tackle or that's starting right would, tackle, whatever. Man, would a team, I mean, just, you know, maybe that's being greedy, but you're the Cincinnati Bengals. You're sitting there with the 30th overall pick. Yash is a he's your he's he's probably he's probably the fifteenth best starting left tackle in the league, which is good, much better than what they have. And man, like, why wouldn't you make that deal? And I think he's going to be cheaper than some of these guys. Like, Yash Nijman is is better than Mike McGlinchey. He's a better football player than him. He's probably better than I mean, I would say I'd say he's comparable to like Orlando Brown, where it's like he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's okay. You know, you can you can win a lot of football games with him as your starting offensive tackle, which the Packers have proved. And so, to me, I think you're right, Jacob. It's like second or first, whatever. You know, you get a top 50 pick, top 100 pick out of him. I think the Packers are thrilled either way. You know, he you throw a second-round tender on him, you're thrilled to pay him $4 million. That's super First-round tender is five and a half mil. Yeah. Man, I would – I'd probably do that. Because like like Mike said, worse worse comes to worse, your backup, he might be your starting tackle, depending on what they do with Tom. That's dirt cheap. That's dirt cheap for a year of a starting right or left tackle in the NFL. So man, uh, I think they're just in such a good spot with that. And you know, kudos to the to the staff for developing those guys and to be able to say, you know, like, hey, we'd be fine with losing him because that is not a normal thing in the NFL. You know, that's you you talk to and I've talked to like like the KC guys. They're like, why would the Packers just let him walk? Why would they just let him walk if they think he's good? It's like because they probably can't pay him what he wants. And they've got other guys that they think are good. And so it's 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 just a great spot to be in for this team. Yeah, and I, have, there's no such thing as having too many quality offensive linemen. But like you said, with having to give him a contract beyond 2023, that's just the part that gets a little – a little wonky for me just because I, I don't want to give average to above average players, great players money. And that's the market that Nyman's going to find himself in. So again, if you're able to, you know, kind of execute that and flip that where it's, he's flipped for a second round pick and say, you got another pick in the first or second round for Aaron Rodgers. Now you got four picks in the top 64. And one of those picks can be Nyman's replacement. Or if you're confident in, you know, Caleb Jones and then board doesn't fall, Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker, whoever, or doesn't fall your way, then you don't pick one, and you just kind of go with the internal development on that side of things. Ross, what's your where do you stand on this? Would you just like I know that it, it almost has become like conventional wisdom, I guess, to let Nyman do that. But is that a guy you'd want to keep around, or how would you play this thing as we go forward? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a boring answer, but I'd probably just do the two. You know, if someone wants to give you a two, great. Maybe you, you know, burn that on a starting caliber guard or I, I don't know, you know, but I just mean like, 
I'm very comfortable with Zach Tom being one of your best five. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Um, whether that's at center or right tackle, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but if someone wants to give you a two, great. If you want to pay a swing tackle who is like an average starting tackle in this league, 3.8 million bucks. Great. I, I, I don't know that I would burn the first on him just because I think you're kind of lighting that extra 1.5 on fire and they're pretty skinny with the cap as it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd be, I don't know backflips, but I'd be really excited if someone gave the Packers a two for Nyman. I would. And I do think that's possible. I, I don't, I mean, granted some of the stuff that's happened today, I guess could lead you to believe a lot of things, but I just don't know if a team would touch him for, for a first round pick, but I don't, you know, I don't know who knows. We'll find out a little bit more tomorrow when the Packers either do tender him. I can't imagine them non tendering him. That would be to me that now practice. I just said, that's kind of a strong term, but that would be something close to that just because it could turn into an asset. And again, we're talking about three less than what you just paid a kickoff returner and a dime back again, no disrespect to Keyshawn Nixon, but a starting right tackle potentially is a little bit more valuable than something. Well, sure. But I mean, imagine you trade Rogers, imagine the 13 or 15 gets used on Skaronsky and you get a two for Yosh. Yeah, exactly. That that's, is like. Perfect. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's playing the situation in my opinion, perfectly uh, because Skaronsky just to use that name specifically has a, has a higher ceiling, I think than Nyman does. And that's no disrespect again to Yosh. I think he's a good player, but I think Skaronsky can be really good um, at tackle or, you know, Ross, you've used the, the Zach Martin term of just not him specifically, but decade long starter, really good guard. Oh no, I've made the Martin comp specifically. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure I'll if that was like, oh, that. That public. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. So if worse comes to worse, you think he's Zach Martin. Awesome. Zach Martin's yeah. an all pro guard. Like that is, even if that player becomes less quote unquote valuable because of that, 10 years from now, if he's awesome and has been the whole time, you are not going to care. I can almost guarantee that for anything like that. Guys, we're going into the fray of free agent, free agency. Um, Jesse Bates, Jimmy Ward, Javon Hargrave, Draymond Jones just signed in Seattle. Uh, if I could say you guys can sign one guy, I, I would say keep it realistic, but who knows? You can sign one guy once this Roger situation gets figured out. Again, Aaron ain't coming back. It's it's over. Cool. 12. Appreciate everything. We'll do the uh, thanks for the memories pod next week when it's official that he's gone. Um, I just want to have it accurate of whether he's playing for the Jets or he's retiring again. I think he's going to be playing for the Jets. I think that's relatively conventional wisdom at this point as well, unless he pulls another rabbit out of the hat. I suppose that's, that's possible, but Ross, you could sign one guy in this free agent class at all. Um, what, what's that look like? Probably Dalton Schultz. Um, just because I think he really fits what green Bay does. And I just think expectations, um, for rookie tight ends should be tempered extremely. Um, and not that they, you know, even are necessarily guaranteed to get one of these great rookie tight ends. But I, you know, whatever. But I think if I were to talk about 
positions that don't really work out early and a good player, uh, I, I would say Dalton Schultz. Okay, so Dalton Schultz for Ross. And I think that – I don't know if I have like a specific name. Schultz would be cool just because he is a good player. I just – maybe I have PTSD from the Packers having spent relatively big on on tight ends and none of them have really worked out. But I do think that is the spot because Ross, like I said, even if they use their first draft pick this year on Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid or name your guy or whatever, like you said – it's going to take a minute. You know, TJ Hawkinson was considered a generational tight end prospect. Kyle Pitts, same thing. Neither one of them, in my opinion, has lived up to that phrase of generational. And Hawkinson, it took a minute for him to become the player he is now. Kyle Pitts still hasn't really realized that potential that he had. Like that, those second contracts, that's when these tight ends kind of unlock their potential just because there's such a learning curve at that spot. So, I mean, you've got guys. Schultz is one. Um, Mike Kosicki, I know that's a name that's kind of been whispered connected to Green Bay if he has a softer market. That would surprise me, I guess, just because of how much and maybe even to a fault to some degree the Packers value blocking at their skill positions. Uh, but I think that's a good spot for that. Uh, and the safety market is the other one. Just <laughs> there ain't nobody there. And the draft class is either not good or doesn't fit the things that the Packers typically value at those spots. So they might just say pish posh, move on. Bill Huber did report today that Adrian Amos is, they are working on trying to bring him back. My guess off of that is, can we get him back for what they're already paying him to not be on the team? If they can, cool. Then they'll bring him back because they're already paying him that anyway. So you might as well have him here versus not here. If it's more than that, then Adrian, good luck. Appreciate your help the last few years. Um, good luck elsewhere. But safety is a position. And there are guys still there. Jimmy Ward is off the board, like I mentioned. Chauncey Gardner Johnson still available. Uh, that's probably a little bit above the price range the Packers are trying to operate in, but who knows? Um, John Johnson is a guy that's been connected uh, and he's played with or in Joe Barry's system or what the Packers have, are using as their system in the past. Um, trying to find a veteran in one of those spots, but those are the two, you know, safety and tight end, maybe somebody on the defensive line. If there's a, if there's some good value in that spot for anything like that, but Marley, go ahead. I've got two. I mean, if I would have like a high tier, uh, not tight end, but why or not goodness gracious long day. If I had a high tier free agent that I would like to bring into green Bay, it'd be Jacoby Myers, uh, the slot receiver from new England. I think that's a pipe dream. I just think he's going to get paid more than what the Packers, are probably going to be willing or want to pay him or should pay him. Um, but that's if I could pick anyone in this free agent class, that would be the guy I would insert into this offense um, that I think would complement uh, Christian really well and would help uh, Jordan Love just kind of make that transition to starting quarterback. Um, but a more realistic guy that might be more kind of up the Packers alley this year is uh, Dwayne Smoot, the edge rusher out of Jacksonville. Uh, he's coming off an injury. I believe he tore his Achilles last year. Um, so he could be a guy that depending on when he's ready to go. And, and I think he tore it early enough last year that he may be ready for camp, uh, which is crazy to say because Achilles are not like a 12 to 16 month injury anymore. But the reason I bring him up is because 
Um, he was developed mostly by the Packers outside linebacker coach right now, Jason Robrovich, uh, who had him in Jacksonville. So there, there is some familiar familiarity there. And, um, you know, he is not a slam dunk type guy. I think. Um, but I think when you're talking about hey guys that are going to be coming off an injury, uh, might be looking for just like a, a cheap one year deal to kind of get their feet back under them. I think Green Bay could be a really good landing spot for him. And if he is ready to go at the beginning of the year, I think he could kind of help uh, weather the storm as Rashawn gets back um, to hit to form himself. Uh, and so I just, man, I just think uh, the Packers are not going to make big moves uh, this year in free agency. The other guy, I don't know if you brought up John Johnson, the third or the second, whatever that guy's name is, but uh, the safety that just got cut, I could see him. You know, it's going to be you something really like that. Don't listen when I talk, do you? That was literally I was trying, the last name oh, okay. I said. <laughs> I was I was trying to I was trying to look up how to pronounce Jason Robrovich's name, the Packers outside linebacker coach. When you guys were talking, uh, so I some people smart, have results, just, other people have excuses. It appear you are one of the people that makes excuses. That's right, game right. Uh, but yeah, so that's my excuse for not listening to you. Uh, to to if I'm going to be nice to you about why I don't listen to you, but yeah, that's those are my two guys. And um, that's about it, man. I think uh, I think the Packers are not going to be super active in free agency. I think they, I think they will, but they won't. If that makes any sense, it'll be active in the same sense like they were last year, where they like they brought in guys. It's just there's not going to be a whole lot of fanfare with them. And like the thing about Gutekunst is he has been willing to spend when there's been money to spend. There just isn't a ton of money to spend. Shout out to, by the way. We just missed the anniversary of this, but the free agent class of Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner, uh, maybe not all of those deals. Zadarius Smith ended great, but started great. Every, every single one of those signings is a win. I think you can say that very, very easily that every single one of those signings worked out very well. Uh, both of the Smith brothers, obviously Amos might still be around next year. We just talked about that a little bit ago. And then um, Billy Turner was, a really good Green Bay Packer over the last couple of years. So we got a lot cuter in the middle of this show. So I was going to go with one more topic, but since we have a, a young lady that's joined us here, that means we need to sign off. So I'll save that for next week. That's called a tease in the biz. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uglum. You can follow me. I am at Jacob Westorf. You can follow Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. And if you want, the Packers are going to have some extra draft capital. We don't know what yet, but they're going to have some extra draft capital in the next couple of days. So, you're going to want to get your hands on one of them Green Bay draft guides. You can check the pin tweet on Ross's profile, my profile, or Jacob Morley's profile and grab your copy for $8.99. We do trivia um, on a couple given days that you can get something a little bit cheaper. But 225 profiles fit to your Green Bay Packers. So, for example, when you get the guys that are like, hey, it's a receiver who ran a slow, you know, whatever, or an edge rusher that didn't fit the three cone, it's stuff like that of – like why they won't fit for anything like that. So check those things out, grab a, grab yourself a copy and you will not be sorry, but we're out of time. We'll be back next week, maybe with a new, uh, some new information. Hopefully that's the case. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.